Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties listen to the questions you have. We find pros in the know to help you learn. And connect with our amazing VO community. Welcome, Welcome to, to VO, VO Booth, Booth Besties. Besties. Ready to do this thing? Let's oh, yeah. do it. Yes, sir. Hey, everybody. Welcome to VO Booth Besties. We're here to help working voice actors get your most important questions answered by industry pros who know. Each week, we have a new topic and a guest speaker who is an expert on that topic. If you've missed a live episode, you can always catch the recording later on our website, boothbesties.com, or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And be sure to join us in the VO Booth Besties Facebook group as well. It's super fun. Uh, Now, without further ado, Let's meet our guests. Over to you, JT. Thank you very much. For over 35 years, Jim Kennelly has specialized in finding the right voice for all kinds of media. After graduating from Syracuse University's Newhouse School, Jim traveled microphone in hand with documentary crews to the world's hotspots, covering political, social, humanitarian events. Then back in New York City, he worked his way up from engineer to director to producer to owner of Lotus Productions, where he enjoys an international reputation for honest insight and positivity in the voiceover industry. And with him is Sam Ufrit. She records and directs sessions for Lotus and sends the best casting notices. Since 2017, Sam's been running the board at Lotus, delivering perspective and feedback during sessions and creating those fun, fresh casting notices. Sam shakes up the voiceover industry on their everyday mission as an agent provocateur and researches emerging tech both inside and outside voice. A firm believer in radical compassion, Sam helps new talent with tech, hardware, and software so they can hit the ground running with their home studio setup. Welcome. Sounds great. Thank you. (laughs) Well, we're very happy to be here. Thank you for inviting us. Uh, We look forward to the conversation. Yeah, we're happy to have you guys today. So can you give us the background, um, either one of you, how and when did Lotus Productions start? This is the gym question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Obviously, I've been in the voiceover industry quite a while. Uh, Lotus Productions started with from a voice talent. That's why we're so talent oriented as an audio production company. It was founded by a gentleman who was a voice talent in New York City. His name was John Lotus, very popular announcer in the 60s and 70s. And John came up with the idea that he would build his own studio and work out of it, out of New York City in the late 70s, early 80s. I had, as you mentioned, I had gone around the world three times as a location sound man. But uh, when I wanted to get married, start a family, that lifestyle wasn't going to be the right one for me. So I met John. And immediately dropped into the voiceover industry in New York City in the uh, early 80s. And by 1985, I was running Lotus Productions and uh, got to meet some of the greatest voice talents in the world. The voice talent world was very small, smaller than it is now, New York, Chicago, L.A. oriented. But because of my global experience, I knew that voiceover was always a global business. And so I started in the early days of Lotus Productions to have a global look. Uh, and a level playing field look when it came to hiring and finding voices. That's where we came from. (laughs) I love that. And I see that in your posts on social media with kind of who you're hiring and, and who's booking the jobs. It's, it's a good mixed package. Like it's not just one set of people, which always feels really nice. Um, Yeah. Sam can talk to our interest in diversity casting and very being very specific (laughs) and the type of authentic voices we look for. 
Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I, I'm more than happy to go forward, but Alicia, I want to make sure you have your question answered before we do that. <laughs> well, I think we're going to get to that in a little bit. I, we have some big questions, I think, when, on the, on that aspect. So let's go back just a little bit. Um, Jim, talk a little bit about your experience before Lotus documentaries and producing, like, tell us, give us a quick snapshot of what that looked like for you. Cause I love documentaries. So sure. this fascinates me. Well, uh, I wanted to be a documentary sound man. That's what I really wanted to be. So I was able to hook up with a company in uh, New York City called Hallel Communications. And we would go to all the world's trouble spots. I never went anywhere beautiful, never been to Paris or anything like that. I've been all over South Asia and Central America. And we went to war zones, refugee camps, projects like that. Basically, we would work for a month on location, then come home and finish the film and go out again for another month. And basically, I did that for three years. Uh, but it was a, it was a way for me to meet all sorts of people, understand that there's an advertising and communication and production business in every market around the world. It's not just an American industry. Uh, so that's that, that was the background of that. It was exciting, but uh, in the end, not quite the lifestyle for uh, the type of husband who would be at home and <laughs> go to my kids' plays and coach sports teams. These these that all, you know, also interested me. So, so I took a studio job in New York City that happened to specialize in voiceover. I love that. I, as a family-focused person myself, I really love that. Sam, what? How did tell us how you found yourself at Lotus and a, a little bit about your role there. Oh, yeah, perfect. So um, I graduated from American University in 2015 with a degree in broadcast journalism, and I got my start out there. For anybody who's familiar with the DMV area, you might know 103.5 FM, which is WTOP. That's sort of like for anybody in the New York area, that's similar to 1010 Winds out there. Uh, I worked in their building uh, for about a year and a half as a freelancer, and I also worked cross-platform. So I would work for WTOP, and then there was another station in the same building called – at the time it was called Federal News Radio, but now it's Federal News Network. I used to work there as a producer and a writer as well, so I got my start pretty much in journalism and on the radio side um, – like I was on the back end. I was a producer. I was in the war room. I was in the bullpen. I was the one doing all like calling all the shots and yelling at everybody. So that was the fun part. Um, and then at some point, uh, I just felt like it wasn't going to grow there because they had recently reorganized. And it was like right after the the SAG after merger in 2015. So there was a little bit of craziness going on at the time. So it felt like it made more sense for me to come up north. And then as I was looking for jobs, uh, Jim and Marion, they ended up coming on my radar and I've been there ever since. So I've been happily with Lotus since 2017. And all, all, all to our great success. Yeah, it sounds like that was a great fit. So it tell was. us a little bit about what you do at Lotus. Yeah. So a lot of what I do is people will hear me there in the session. I'm usually recording. I'm usually editing. Um, I will do final mixes, many things like that. So I'm a producer editor. Uh, we you know, we wear many hats at Lotus. So I'm also a casting director at the same time when we're doing auditions and things like that. And very recently, I have decided to do a lot of research specifically into AI ethics, because mm -hmm. I feel like that is such a big part of what's going to be in our industry in the coming, honestly, 18 months um, overall. So I think if like, if I have a good understanding of it, I can explain it to other people. So I've done my best to be like an ethics officer for people so this way hey this thing exists don't be afraid of it this is how it works this is how you could get to know each other be friends that's what i usually try to do so you're saying we shouldn't stick our heads in the sand and pretend like it's not happening 
Absolutely not. That would be literally the worst thing you could do. Please don't. Gotcha. All right. So <laughs> let's talk about the types of work you guys produce at Lotus. So just audio, video, any other mediums? What do you do? Well, we are a full-service audio production company that specializes in voiceover casting. We also have a managed synthetic voiceover division at Lotus Productions. So we work on any platform that has voices, uh, that, that requires a voice. Uh, we sort of specialize a little more in commercial work, e-lesson, tutorial work, narrations for documentaries. We do a lot of political advertising, which is a strong point of Lotus Productions. We tend to not work as much in audiobooks. Uh, I'm all for audiobooks. I like audiobooks. I just found it a little boring uh, to produce them. So uh, my sister and I, the Lotus Productions actually is my sister and I, my sister Marion handles all the uh, scheduling, the talent payments, negotiations for Lotus Productions. We also have another young woman who works with us, uh, Jillian, and she is also an audio engineer, casting and producer with us. So there really is just the four of us. Uh, and so like, like Sam said, we wear a lot of different hats. Uh, audiobooks, and uh, we don't really do that much animation yet, though. We see that sort of transitioning now. We start to see a little more yeah. work in the animation side, which you, Sam, is an expert in. <laughs> yeah, we've been trying to get into animation for a while, but considering all of the recent news that's been happening with a lot of the streaming services, I mean, like the Wiley e. Coyote Acme movie, the Roadrunner movie, that kind of brings to mind in recent times everything that's going on. So as I think you're going to see a bigger uptick in a lot of indie uh, creators actually getting out there. I know that there's quite a few projects out there. Anybody who's familiar with Hell of a Boss or Has Been Hotel kind of knows what I'm talking about, Lackadaisy. These are comics that I grew up reading as a kid, like 15 years old on DeviantArt, and now it's actually getting animated. So that's kind of big for wow. me. It's nice to see that stuff. So um, you're going to see a lot more interest in trying to get these creators up and running because of the fact that you have a lot of streaming services that are not really being friendly to creators. So you're, you're going to see a lot more independent stuff in that. Yeah. We're, we're really seeing the industry continuing to grow and expand at this point. So we're really excited about the future of voiceover. Yeah. That sounds like you do a lot of different genres, political e-learning narration, kind of staying away from the audiobooks, but really dipping into animation. That's exciting for people um, who work with you guys. I love it. Um, so tell us, what's the difference between Lotus Productions as a production company and like an agency as far as finding talent um, to voice projects? Well, the way the, the Lotus Productions has always been set up is that advertising agencies, other production companies, independent producers come to us because we have a specialization in voiceover casting. They also know that we can handle talent payment and negotiation. They know that we can do through Sam and Jillian skills work in, you know, final audio production. Obviously we can help them choose music. We can put their voice track together. We can do a narration and make it match their, their image uh, and make, take that narration and match their image in 10 different languages. We recently did all the public service announcements for the city of New York city uh, for New York city when it came to COVID announcements. Mm-hmm. So every time they made a commercial, we did it in 10 languages and had to make it and cast it specifically with 10 different talents and with Sam's expertise, make it fit every time. So uh, <laughs> we they could communicate the message that they had. Uh, so that's sort of the difference in that we're, uh, we're just known in the industry as a voice casting audio production hub. So people come to us when they have maybe a little more challenging or a little more specific 
voice casting that they're looking for. They were also known for, Sam can talk to how fast we do things. We're very quick at what we do. We <laughs> appreciate technology. Yeah, so um, there's quite a few things that kind of set us apart from an agency. Among them is the fact that we don't sign talent. We work with a rotating pool of them. So, you know, the main thing we're always doing is we're saying, hey, you guys want to come work with us? We're, we'd love to give you a shot. And then we do our best to include you on the emails. When you're in our system through our website, we're able to be able to send stuff to you a little bit uh, more uh, pinpointed, if that makes any sense. And from there, it's really about matching the talent to the piece. I know that seems like a very basic thing a lot of people say, but we take all of our talents, personal experiences into account when we cast them. So very often we'll see somebody who may have been a preschool teacher. They do really well in e-lessons because they know how to explain stuff very easily. Um, if you have somebody who was in the military, they tend to do really good military spots. They like they, If you have a personal experience with whatever we are currently casting, that's how we're going to uh, target you for whatever the audition is or whatever the project is. So we really try to hyper-specialize that. And kind of to what Jim was saying earlier, we globalize spots. So we work in a ton of different languages too. I happen to be fluent in Spanish. Um, and I'm just because I'm a nerd, I know a lot of Japanese as well. So that's the reason why it's like a little easier to kind of do some of these things. Mm -hmm. um, but when it comes down to it, you just really get good at understanding languages. You may not be able to speak it, but you know exactly what they're saying in the moment, especially when you have the copy to kind of follow along. It teaches you quite a lot. So it's a lot of fun for us to do that. And we love getting to meet talents from everywhere. It, it's one of the best parts of our day. So when talent applies to you, do you have some sort of a um, a process that they go through to give you that information? Or do you just rely on them to reach out to you and be like, hey, did you know I was a preschool teacher in my former life? Or how does that work? Yeah. So whatever the initial introduction is, uh, you know, usually me and Jim are going to a lot of conferences uh, throughout the year. So this way we could just meet people. Um, I have a special program that I run at Montclair State University where I'm working with the acting students there. I come teach a couple of classes uh, in the spring semesters usually. So we're always trying to find talent. And the main thing we do is we say, hey, come to us whenever you're ready. Um, they do, but then what we do is we have a, on our website, there is on the top right corner a place where you can register and kind of fill out your information. So this way we have a better readout of you. And then it makes it easier for us to be able to send you auditions through our system. Sounds good. Okay. Yeah, we're always we're always looking to meet new talent. That's, why, that's the reason why we come onto a podcast like this. We're interested in new voices. Our clients are always looking for new voices, very specific voices again. So the more we meet people, you know, obviously the more success we've had. Uh, and obviously, we're always interested in growing people's careers. You know, we want to meet people at the beginning of their careers. We want to see how they develop. We had an opportunity yesterday to be working on a political spot with a young woman in Jersey City. And, you know, we worked with her a couple of years ago. Very talented person. You know, she was, you know, she deserved that job. But in listening to her a year or two years later, it was obvious that she'd grown as a talent. And it was, you know, it was my pleasure to say to that person, you know, you've really gotten better. You know, you were always good, but we can tell you're getting better and just, you know, try to be encouraging to young talent to, uh, you know, just keep at it. You got to just keep working at it. I so I want to, I want to jump in. So you've got this kind of running roster. Um, but when you say that, you know, different agencies, different uh, project owners come to you, are they bringing their talent to you and have, or maybe it goes both ways. Are they bringing their talent to you and then you're producing it? Or are they saying, Hey, we're looking for this and you're working with the, you're yeah. helping cast. Really, really the latter. You know, they okay. come, they okay. come to us with some generic specs and yeah. then we can talk to them about their project 
might look at the video. We'll look at the copy, okay. uh, get a sense of what the writer, producer, director are looking for or the brand is looking for. And then we go out from there with Sam okay. and Jillian and I and discuss about like who might be good for it. And then there's some certain technology within Lotus Productions where certain people come up and then we review who's coming up. But then again, we always add new people into the mix. So you mentioned the importance um, of inclusion and diversity. Why don't you guys kind of tell us not only how you're seeing the industry shift, thank goodness, mm -hmm. um, to be more inclusive and, and encourage diversity, but how are you bring, incorporating that into your casting process? Yeah, well, as society becomes more aware of the importance of diversity and inclusion, there's going to be a growing demand for voice actors who can accurately represent different cultures, genders, and ethnicities. So that's what we're going after. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, I think it's it's such an odd thing to have to say that we focus on diversity because that should be the norm. That should be the default. Um, that is our default, personally. Not every other company is going to be like that. And I think one of the reasons we're able to do that um, – you know, we were just really ahead of the curve where I think a lot of people now realize you have to hire and record POC. I think they're finally starting to come around to the idea of difference in vocal tone for non-binary people. As somebody who is non-binary, are they them of the alphabet mafia? I really appreciate that. So I would love to kind of push that forward. Um, and one and of the main things not for our auditions... That. Yeah. We didn't confirm that with you before we interviewed. <laughs> no, that's fine. I, I am a they, them. Us. I am one of the alphabet mafia, baby. Yeah. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> okay. no, don't worry. Big they, little she. That's my policy. So, okay. you're fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's kind of the easiest way to like, it's like me as somebody, uh, you know, I'm from a few different marginalized communities. I kind of understand the, necess the necessity of having those voices there. Um, and then one of the main things is if you've ever seen an audition from us, you'll notice on the specs it never says anything about gender and never says anything about race. That's mainly because not because we're excluding it, but if you're getting it directly from us, we know you well enough, you're going to fit that role okay. just fine. It's no longer unnecessary to include that. If you're getting it from us, you're getting it because you're going to fit. So that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, well, when we send out an audition, we really believe you can win it. Love you know, it. We're, yeah. we're not doing like this sort of bulk generic oh would you like an experience reading yeah. uh we're really drilling again drilling down very vertical in our casting uh and of course you know as, as a generic thing natural sounding voices are in vogue what can you say uh For you sure. know as particularly with the rise of like ai synthetic voices generative voices there'll be a rise of that into the industry and as a counterpoint you'll find clients looking for much more natural sounding voices in casting you know there's sort of a yin and yang that's yeah, you know, no, just sure. just starting to happen in the industry for sure so you've also um spoken about really working with uh, i'm going to say non-american non-english speaking american talent um different mm -hmm. nationalities so how are you um are you doing more of a localization where are you are you or are you casting bilingual multilingual talent does that make sense yeah, I think it depends on the project. Okay. Uh, I think because there are like certain specific things that we look for depending on the genre. Like uh, when we are globalizing a spot, we need to have a bunch of different people in a bunch of different languages to be able to do that. Um, when we were doing the COVID spots, we had to do them in English, Spanish, uh, Cantonese, Mandarin, yeah. uh, Yiddish. There was like a whole bunch of languages we were doing um, at one point. And then 
um, you know, depending on where the talents were, they may have been in New York, they may have been in a different part of the country because COVID kind of sent them to a different state. Sometimes they were in a different country altogether, but we were connecting with them regardless. Okay. You know, point-to-point uh, -point communication, you know, a lot of people know Source Connect, a lot of people know Session Link Pro, IPDTL. That tech makes it very easy for us to work remote. And we were doing that well before the pandemic came around. So it was very natural for us to transition into working globally. And we had already been doing that for a while. There's like usually at least one studio just like us in every other country or in every other market. So we try to make relationships with those people. So this way it makes it easy for us. Like, hey, we know we need somebody with a Scottish accent. Do you guys have anybody in Edinburgh that we could work with? So okay. that's usually what, how we get a lot of our talents that way. The other way, which I think is a little more specific to our political stuff, is uh, we are actually able to drill down by zip code what accent you need specifically because of the way that there are different uh like a lot of people like to think that latin culture is a monolith and really it's not mm -hmm. um there are a bunch of different cultures a bunch of different things we may have similarities but we're not the same um so a lot of it has to do with how you sound what different uh populations are in different states like a lot of people think of uh, uh florida specifically as like big on Cuban culture Cuban. Yeah. and it, traditionally it has been but more we're actually seeing a lot more Venezuelan and Colombian out there now in Miami as opposed to Cuban sound so you have to be aware of what's going on in the markets that you're going to be working for because politicals are a very very tough industry to trust if there's even one thing off there's no way you're going to vote for the person that ad is for so that's why we have to make it so hyper specific because it's all based on trust. That's one of the we, biggest things we have to do with our access. We proudly, proudly did a Latin American panel. And you just hit on everything. Because we had Mexico. We had Colombia. Yeah. We, had, we had Venezuela. Who else did we have? But we had many Spanish-speaking local, you know, folk. And they were like, uh-uh. And if you don't have a Spanish director in the booth with, you know, how things get... No you know interpreted yeah. they said they said yeah mexico is gonna know that you're you know from colombia oh, you know, every they're really? all gonna overlap. yeah there, there's a lot of grammatical differences to yeah. things like a lot of yeah. people are able to peg me as puerto rican because of the way <laughs> i write so i know for that for a fact <laughs> oh, there you go so here's one question um and it's actually been kind of exciting we had a um an interview last week with um roy samuelson who is um an advocate for audio description and actually spoke about how in audio description, they're actually finding ways to get blind people to be able to be a part of it. And it, it, it's just wonderful. But this also brings up the point of neurodivergent um, talent oh, yeah. as well. And it's really interesting. How do you, it, you know, we, because we're so, we're just audible, right? We're, we're voice. So it's like, what does a, is there a sound? Is there a, you know, someone who might have ADHD or autism, like, or are you just, is it back to trying to be inclusive? How do you, if you do, approach someone who's neurodivergent and try and include them? Well, we're always inclusive. As somebody who's neuro neurodivergent myself, I have bipolar disorder. I know it doesn't okay. seem like that, but that's because the meds are working. I promise they are. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, as somebody who's bipolar, it's like, to be honest, I don't hear the differences between somebody who has ADHD right. and somebody who has bipolar. That's just more of a personal thing but in terms of working around their schedules if that's what you mean yeah we're all big on accommodating and we actually have a few talents who are blind or uh sight blind oh, that we yeah like they they tell us that they're able to get their print their scripts printed out in braille and that's how they work with us 
So it makes it like really easy. It's like we we've been on this for a while and we always try to You're make sure we can Yeah, we always try to make sure we can work with people and like accommodate them and make them feel comfortable because that's the biggest thing. Who wants to work at a place where they don't feel comfortable? Like I wouldn't want to be at a place where I don't feel comfortable. And it's like, hey, I we're all about being welcoming. We're just really trying to be there for everybody, whether it's the talent or the client. Yeah, we've had the opportunity to work with a number of kind of mentor a couple of young men who are on the spectrum who are interested in voiceover. Anime is a huge yeah. uh, it, topic of interest for them. And, uh, you know, working with their families and the individual, you know, children who want to be act voice actors. It's important to say that, like, hey, here's an occupation where you don't have as much interaction with people. You can work from home. Uh, and basically what we're working with is, helping them convey that, yes, I'm taking in the, your direction. I'm going to follow what you've told me uh, to me and try to help our clients understand this is how we communicate. They, they under, yes, they know what you're directing. Don't worry about it. Just let them read the copy. Uh, <laughs> but again, it, it opens up, whether it's Sam, me or Jillian, it opens up our minds as to how we can better serve our clients and our brands. I just, the you're so progressive. Like I am so I, I didn't know. I know you guys and we've, we've, you know, we're getting to know each other, but I just love how you were just going, just going and growing and including and, and just getting in front of everything. I know you mentioned AI earlier. Um, I'd like to just touch on that before we go to, we're at about our halfway point and then I'm going to mm -hmm. hand things over to JT. Tell us a little bit, um, about again, this progressiveness where, where we're not hiding our head in the sand, but, but like Sam said, trying to, not be afraid of it, trying to somewhat, yeah, be friends with it. What, yeah, what, the what main, are you guys doing? Yeah, the main thing is to just be curious, to always be willing to learn. If you come at something and you see it and it's like, oh, no, I don't want to have anything to do with it. I mean, look at how Cable is doing right now. I mean, had they jumped on board with the internet, this would be a different conversation. So um, you cannot be exclusive to new tech. You have to be willing to understand it. You have to be willing to explore it, to learn it. Um, to get hands-on with it. And we knew that AI was going to hit every sector. That was a very big given, but we only recently started hitting voice and the arts in general within the last, I would probably say, five years to last decade. So now you're kind of seeing people say, oh, wait, 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 hold on. I'm not sure I'm happy about this because we consider art and creativity such a human concept that for a robot or quote-unquote robot to learn it seems kind of off right it's like that should be ours that should be our thing only when in reality you have to see it as a tool to what you do think about it this way it's like for most talents you probably have a home setup if you didn't have a home setup you'd have to be going to whatever city or whatever state you need to drive to to go get a mic you don't have any understanding of the recording programs you don't know what it uh you know, like a client is asking for when they ask you to send something to like either an FTP site or to WeTransfer it. If you're behind that eight ball, you're going to be behind, be behind a ton of eight balls. So with any new tech, it's really important to kind of get to know it. For the last like seven or so years, I think, we've been working in AI, trying to understand it, trying to see how it's grown, um, really getting an understanding and a grasp of it and how we can use it to help talents. One of the things we see is hopefully in the future at some point, um, Talents don't need to worry so much about having their own AI voice, but it can be used to help with pickup sessions. Let's say that you have a family emergency and you have to be out of state and you're not going to be able to uh, record anything because you're dealing with a family member. If 
a portion of whatever you recorded for that particular project was synthesized, they don't have to bother you and you still get something afterwards. You're paid for your time. That's the way that we're looking at it, to kind of cut out the low-hanging fruit so this way it gives you guys the time to work on the more creative stuff, the more the stuff that's more mentally engaging for you. So that's what's really important to us, like making AI work for you guys. Because if you guys don't know how to work with it, then it's going to be harder for you. We're always just trying to be helpful. Yeah, just, it's always very important in the voiceover industry to be on the side of change. To be on the side of change mm -hmm. is a good thing. Uh, so we're welcoming synthetic voices into the Lotus experience. Uh, and we're just always open to anyone who's interested in creating like ethical solutions to make conversational AI available to uh, to the, everyone in the industry. We've taken, as Sam said, six, seven years ago, I got us involved in it to create a bridge for designers and developers to understand the voiceover industry, knowing that at some point in the creative spectrum, uh, and uh, they would have to come to voice talent and have conversations with uh, about bringing them into the experience. So I think we've done a very good job of creating trust, creating bridges and uh, understanding where the industry is headed. But uh, as Sam said, we just, just get involved, just start learning about it. If you start learning about it now, a year from now, you're going to know so much more and you're going to feel so much more comfortable about it. Uh, and it's only going to expand and grow the voiceover industry. And that again is a part that we're really excited about. I love it. I, I love what you said about be curious. I think that's the key really is to be curious. And Sam, you mentioned um, having a home studio and that being so important these days. And that's actually our, our sponsor for our podcast currently is Studio Bricks. And uh, I think that I'm actually looking at moving right now. My family is looking at moving closer to my husband's work. And it's such a comfort to me to know that no matter where I go, I can pack down and take my studio bricks booth with me and I don't have to worry so much about what's the noise level going to be like and how is my neighbor going to have a barking dog? Am I going to be too close to a bunch of leaf blowers? You know, the constant conversation. So we um, recommend that talent check out a studio bricks booth because it's one way you can just be kind of non-stressed and worried and it makes it easier for you to go into a session and not just look professional, but sound professional. So does everybody need a studio bricks booth? No, I'm I know that both uh, Jen and uh, Jen are both functioning in booths that are totally different than mine and they work, but um, I love mine and I'm grateful I can take it with me when I move. <laughs> so that's well, our the, quick little that's a spiel. Good plug. Well, the, yeah. <laughs> the um, uh, remote recording is just accelerating. So yeah. that is, At this that point, be, it's standard. That will be the norm me, of so. the industry. So uh, having a, obviously a booth, uh, Sam, who involves in more of the tech side, understands the importance of uh, your the sound quality, your audio quality. Again, when it comes to meeting new talent, well, certainly that's a very important question that we always ask is like, what's your audio setup and can we do a test? Yeah. yeah, I used to really stress before every Source Connect session, before I had my studio bricks, like, what if it's not good enough for them? Like, what if something, what if there's air, airplanes flying, or, you know, and now I don't worry about that. So it's really nice. Um, JT, Great. you want to take it from here? Yeah. Um, before we jump back in, there are a few questions from the audience. Dan Marion asked if you're finding uh, an older sounding voice in demand or is everything trending younger? Well, certainly younger voices yeah. are a generic trend, but because of in specific, because of the uh, political work that we do, we do tend to use a few older voices, more mature voices. We happen to do a lot of work for Blue Cross Blue Shield, and they tend to swing towards older voices. So uh, 
you know, maybe if you're a little, you've done something else with your career and you're coming into the voiceover industry, you might be 55, 60, something like that, considering spending some time on in, in this industry. I, I We're encouraging towards that. You know, I, okay. I don't think that's a bad idea. Uh, if you've been in the industry for 20, 25 years and you're like, oh no, I don't get any auditions anymore. Well, maybe you just need to, you know, work on your script analysis, maybe take some more training, get back involved in coaching and start to get a feel for, you know, current industry trends. I would recommend things like that. Yeah. And one thing I would probably recommend as well is there's a lot more casting where you see where it's based on generation as opposed to age, because it seems to be that sound is defined more by generation as opposed to whether you're 50, 60 or 70. So the way a baby boomer does uh, advertisement is going to be very different from the way Gen Z does advertisement. Mm -hmm. So these are things to kind of keep in mind and kind of be aware of where your generation is and what you should be looking towards and what the current focus is. That's going to be very helpful for you to start targeting more auditions that are kind of in your niche. Yeah, it's a little more, it's more than age. It's, 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 it's your mind. It's where right, your mind's yeah. at how you interpret copy. That's, that's where the success is. And maybe, maybe I should have rephrased it and said mature <laughs> rather than older no, voices, a we mature say, voice. We, we say mature. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a um, very good question though. Uh, another question that we had going back to the um, multilingual, does knowing another language help you get booked? I would say if you know it fluently, the answer is yes. Uh, the main thing is, if you are not a native speaker of it, that's understandable. But the thing is, you have to be fluent and you have to be able to prove you're fluent um, to just kind of be able to read text off a paper. If you don't know how to intonate it, it's very easy to see that. Um, it's very easy to tell when somebody is not a native speaker because you can hear it in their read. You can hear where they hitch. Even me, I you know, speak Spanish, but the thing is, I can't read it like that way. I cannot read it and then say it out loud. It's not something that I was trained mentally to be able to do. I could do that in English if you needed me to, but that's not something I'm going to be able to pull off in Spanish, despite being able to speak it with people. Um, it's just, it very much depends. Um, every person's going to be a little different, but I would say fluency is the key here. If you can fluently speak the language, then yes, you're bookable for it. Okay. So kind of going back and Bouncing off Dan's question, Jim, what kind of shifts have you seen in the industry in the 30 years that you've been here, but more recently, like since 2020? Yeah, well, the great question. Obviously, uh, authenticity, you know, real voices, you know, the casting very specific because you can cast all over the world. So you can get something very specific. Speed of delivery, speed's really important. If you can do something quickly in voiceovers, you can be successful in voiceovers. That's been true from the 1980s on. We've always followed, we've always followed the technology that helps helps us deliver things quicker. That's something that underneath Lotus Productions, we've always been a, been aware of. Uh, that's why we got into synthetic voice, to be honest, because we understand we'll be able to deliver the voices quickly to create the marketing delivery of the voices that are going to be needed. Uh, so authenticity, speed of delivery, uh, more diversity, you know, those are the, the trends I'd say okay. yeah, I, detailed enough or, uh, when yeah. we're saying trends, are you also talking about the, the styles of read as well, or are we talking about, uh, oh, well, okay, yeah. yeah. I would say it kind of shifted. Usually we would see, um, 
tones shift every 18 months to every 24 months, but then the pandemic absolutely threw that for a loop. And we went from a very sort of like conversational, really confident, I know what I'm talking about to, hey, everything's going to be okay. We're good. We're going to make it through this. We're going to be fine. And now everybody's like, hey, here's the thing. Do you want it or not? It's like we don't have the energy for it now. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the way the advertising has turned. So the pandemic absolutely accelerated that a bit. It changed it a bit uh, for, for many, many, many people. Um, and uh, these are just kind of things to take into consideration. It's like a, world events really do have an impact on how a read changes. Like if there's something significant, it's going to change the way we hear advertising. And it's even going to change the way the copy is written. It's going to change the tone. It's going to do a lot of things. So that's kind of important to keep in mind. Yeah, it's important to be aware of like what's happening in pop culture, what's really popular, what's being what's streaming and, and really popular and, and listen to what's happening on the air. Uh, you know, traditionally, people always say like, oh, read like so and so on Friends, do it like Bradley Cooper, you know, the, that that's never going to go away in voiceovers. So it's important to be aware as a talent. It's important to be aware of what's happening culturally. And listen to what's what what are you hearing? You know, what are you hearing? Uh, it's, it's what we do. You know, I may watch a program, but I'm really listening to the actors to see how they deliver their lines and trust uh, whether it's me or Sam. We know to just trust ourselves. Like we hear a voice and we're like, oh, that's a good voice. We can sell that voice. Uh, and we really believe in our instincts as casting directors. And I, I you just mentioned... want to hop in here. Sorry, okay. Katie. I that's I haven't heard anybody else reference that or say that. How important it is to notice the trends on TV and on shows that are and how that affects mm. advertising right. and the reads that we hear even in corporate podcasts that's, also. Yeah. So that's a really great plug yeah, for watching TV. Writers, directors, people who are hiring voice talent, they like pop culture. You know, yeah. they're not just reading reading books all day and not listening. So, uh, you know, well, obviously- and everything they're... like on social media, I say everything, that was a big blanket statement, but is, is this UGC, this user-generated content, when we talk about authenticity, when you talk mm -hmm. about- it, it's just, hey, me, I just, I really love this pencil. Have you checked out yeah. this pencil? And like, it's just very off the cuff, not overly <laughs> scripted. Like it just has a whole different vibe. And then th that's another yeah. part is social we're, media. We're casting, obviously, whether it's Sam or Jillian, we're casting because of the vibe we hear on TikTok. Things yeah. that we're hearing that are being streamed on Netflix or Apple TV. Yeah. Um, we're listening like to the... those programs. For, for anybody who's familiar with TikTok, I remember the last cycle we were working on um, when it was 2022 for the midterms, there was a account on TikTok that I think is still pretty famous to this day, but it was really relevant back then because they do a lot of political news. It's called Good Morning, Bad News. And they're always like, good morning, bad news. Here's everything bad that happened in the last 24 hours. And that's how they wanted one of the spots to be. So when I actually pulled up that TikTok, the talent was like, oh, okay, I totally get this now. And we were able to get the read down. That's incredible. See? Uh, it, <laughs> NJ and Alicia have been like, you have to get on TikTok. I'm like, I don't know how to TikTok. So look, I'll put it I, this way. I'm to... a lurker. All right. I'm just here for the memes and that's it. I don't post anything. I have an account. Right. It literally says in my bio, I'm just here for the memes. Carry on. And then all I do is lurk and look at the funny stuff. I'm I'm all over the funny stuff. But yeah, I do, do a lot of that advertising. <laughs> I do a lot of political activism as well. So I'm constantly in those circles looking at this stuff. So it, it's a uh, very constant for me. It's research, Sam. It's just research. It's all research. Hey, it's, it's the all. journalist in me. I literally live for research. So there's real so oh, yeah. there's a real different specific sound that, you know, in my mind, I'm listening for right now. 
It's yeah. like, all right, you can deliver this sound for me because I believe in the next two months, three months within the year, people are going to start asking for this sound. So we're looking for a certain, you know, in specific, a certain specific type of actress who can deliver this very knowing, very wry, very clever, but very flat. Mm -hmm. And it'll be there. We'll find it. The commercials. uh, I'm the person in the house always saying, don't fast forward through that. Cause like, I want to hear what the trend is. I need to know what the trend is. So when you are bringing in new talent, We've got kind of a hot discussion going on in our Facebook group right now about demos. Do you want to have a a demo? Does somebody need to come at you with a demo or? I I have a feeling it kind of depends. I feel like like opinions on demos have shifted fairly recently actually it used to be a thing where it's like you need to have a demo and absolutely everything uh i kind of stray especially new talents away from that i always tell them the three demos you should have are uh a general demo which would be like a commercial demo it shows you with a bunch of varying different reads it might have like an anthem piece it might have like a funny spot on it you know they could see your range there then you should have a demo in something you're good at and something you want to be good at and that will help you kind of target where you want to go. Um, and I always tell people like on a uh, one year, three year, five year plan, like plan to have those three demos by year three. That's usually how I kind of explain it to people. Um, and even then it's uh, demos are kind of an odd little place right now. It's like we still use demos to cast, but usually for something that has to record quickly, like politicals, mm-hmm. we do still see demos. Um, people still send us demos. But we're not asking for them as much as we used to. I feel like that's something I've noticed recently, right, Jim? Like, we're not really asking people for demos, or if we have them uploaded, it's not like yeah. we need to have it on hand right there, right then and there. Yeah, that doesn't happen as much. We, if we do have demos, really, yeah. we're very specific demos. Like, okay, here I am doing promos. Here I am doing commercials. Here I am doing yeah. political spots. Here I am doing a medical narration. But so, so you short, would take samples. Shorter, more specific. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're more like samples. Yeah, yeah. Because... Okay. Whether it's Lotus Productions or other casting directors, it's a really quick listen. It's like yep. that. Yep. You know, so we're, no one's listening to anything past a minute. Unless, no, absolutely not. Uh, like, nothing, unless it's audiobook, I would not do. recommend a longer one. So, so that's uh, a different story. So they have they have their place. But it, again, we reach out to people even if they don't have demos. Because we're okay. like, hey, I, I've heard your voice. I don't need to hear your demo. Just read this copy. And yeah. uh, again, that might be just us at Lotus Productions. But uh, we're totally into like new people, new experiences, you know, fresh voices. And again, circling back to authenticity. You've been in this long enough to know what you need to hear in somebody and it just clicks or doesn't. And and if we really dig somebody, we think that's the right person because in this part of Michigan, we want this voice for this political candidate. Then we'll just, you know, get a studio in Michigan and put that person in in a (laughs) studio if they're not up to gear with their tech yet. Yeah, no, plus there's always going to be new talents who don't have access to a demo yet. We may actually be their first job for all we know, and that's going to be one of the first jobs on their demo. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can't be exclusive to people who don't have it. It's one thing if you're new and you kind of don't have it, and another if you kind of don't do one at all, but it's it's a different situation. So, you know, again, I think that just kind of relates to us being very open and welcoming of people. We always just try to give everybody a shot. So I can't attest to other studios doing that, but at least for us, we do. Yeah, and young, younger producers are not demo oriented. You know, Sam is a young producer. Jillian is a young producer. And young people run this industry. I know you don't meet yes. a lot of cats like me in this industry. Uh, so in your mind, even if you're a little a more mature talent, 
uh, keep in mind that you're dealing with younger people. Understand that younger people run this industry. And so you're trying to present yourself to them. So mm -hmm. whether it's social media, what's happening on TikTok, shorter demos that are more specific, you're not going to eat up their time. Also because younger producers are very busy. They're much busier than going back 10 years, 15, 20 years. Yeah. They they wear more hats. <laughs> they have more accounts. It's not like they just work on the 7-Up account and that's it. You know, right. that's long gone. So they don't have as much time to spend listening to things and looking for things. It's actually one of the reasons that I joined TikTok is I'm like, the people who are hiring me are getting younger and younger. And if I'm mm -hmm. not tapped into that, that pulse of the market, then I don't know that I can really understand and connect with those people. And so um, I would say to both of you, just curious, um, you both said you're on TikTok and you're watching. Have you ever seen a voice actor on TikTok and went, let's, let's contact them and, and let's actually, get them yeah, on Actually, yeah, I've roster. done that quite Absolutely. a few times. <laughs> I've done that quite a few times. I mean, very obviously they can be cautious and not respond back to me. There's no judgment there. I understand. But I have actually reached out the talents that I see pop up. Uh, usually it's not like of them in the booth reading. It's usually funny enough them on their outtakes of them doing something funny. Like I remember during the pandemic, it must have been like 2020, Roger Craig Smith had a TikTok that he put out of him flubbing a line like four times in a row. And that had a ton of views. And there's a lot of content like that. It's not so much about, hey, look at how professional I am. It's like, hey, look at the funny crap that happened to me. That's more mm -hmm. what TikTok is about. And that's what it's more personable. You get somebody's personality out of that. And that's what makes us want to work with them more than anything. Yeah, we do very much look for voices on social media platforms, whether it's yeah. now X or Instagram. We notice things that people are doing, their tone, and then we reach out to them. And plus, it's a signal that you want to be reached out to. If you're putting right. up content on Instagram, if you're putting up content on now X, hey, you want to get noticed. You want to be involved in the industry. And that's the type of talent we're looking for. People who are motivated, people who are trying to get better at what they do, people who are reaching out. That's the type of talent we want to find. That's the type of talent our brands are looking for. So if um, if a talent's not on social media, they need to get on social media, right? Um, yeah. What do you, yeah. What do you say <laughs> to talent who are like, well, I don't know what I don't know what to post or I don't know what to put out there. So what I would say is, it's probably most people I think in this day and age have multiple accounts on the same social media network. Everybody I think at this point is familiar with the concept of a finsta. That's a terrible example to use, but it works. So what I always like to tell people is keep your personal life private in your own social medias and have social media dedicated specifically to your career. That doesn't mean you can't have overlap between the two. Like if you want to announce you're getting married or you're going to have a kid, that's totally fine. But always have your uh, business stuff on a separate channel. So this way it gives you not just like a separation from work and home. It gives you like the mental clarity of, okay, this is for work. This is for me. And you don't have to feel like you're constantly needing to market yourself in order to be relevant. So yeah. it's like you have a dedicated place where you need to market and that's where you leave it. So that's kind of like the, the that's the way I've always been. I'm the type of person who I'm in it, like a social media lurker. I'm not one to post. I'm one to follow. So I'm one of those people who's always constantly seeing people get burnt out from being influencers and stuff. It's like it, it's it can be very daunting on you. It becomes a problem. Um, So I think that's just a very mentally safe way to like keep yourself in the game without burning yourself out. That's good advice. It's good advice. I find that I keep mine uh, both because it's one account because I'm I'm too old to not just be who I am all the time. It's just who I am. But um, 
I I have noticed a trend more towards keeping the two separate. And I think that that's smart, um, especially when you if you want to rant, you know, about mm-hmm. something like don't put that on your business page. Um, but what are your thoughts on people who post consistently like I booked this job, I did this thing, like just constantly almost um, show off the kind of posts. Does that feel like off putting or? Well, you, is I, it good to know what they're doing? Yeah, I think other talents shouldn't be intimidated by that. No, they should not be. Take it with a grain of salt, you know. Uh, you know, some people like to trumpet themselves for, you know, good reasons, maybe not so good reasons sometimes. So, so uh, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Don't be put down by that because, oh, look at all these accounts this person has. Uh I don't know if that's specifically what Lotus Productions is looking for. Yeah. Uh, again, if I, I'm more interested that you lo- that you love cooking, I'm more interested in the fact that you love pets, uh, that you run this class, you run the play in your school's your your kids' school. That really interests me. Uh, you yeah. like to hike. You like you're an outdoors person. That's important to us. Yeah, uh, I- then, like you're the voice of Domino Sugar. Like, well, great. You know, you're the voice of Domino Sugar. But, uh, yeah, ahead, I'd say. even say it more like this way. So I think it depends. It's like if you really want to post about something that you've done, post about a project that you're passionate about. Um, I use this as an example. One of the clients we have is Scholastic Books. I don't know a single person my age or younger who has not liked the Scholastic Book Fair. So whenever anybody gets the audition for this, they are completely <laughs> hyped for it. They're ready to go. Like we get auditions so quickly for this client. It is like within minutes that we send this out and we're already getting people reading for us. So the thing is, it's like, we see a lot of people posting about the projects they're proud of, the ones that they have a personal connection to, uh, the ones that they really are interested in that make them happy, that this is what they would love to be doing in their VO career. Um, Those are the type of posts that we like. If, you know, you're really proud of being the spokesperson for, I can't believe it's not butter, go out, go, go, go off. I'm totally fine with that. But it really kind of depends on you personally. It shouldn't be like, oh, look at all of the things I've done. It's like, hey, look at the thing I've done that's important to me. That's the easiest way to explain it. Yeah, I love it. That sounds like make have a connection to what you're posting. You know, don't exactly. just post to post, have some sort of a connection to it. Um, JT, yeah. I think you had a couple more questions. Sorry, I just kind of yeah. took off on the <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> Hit me with it, JT. Bring it. So do you work with both union and non-union talent? Yes, yes we, we do. do. We've always been a union and non-union shop. My career started in the 80s. That's all we did was non-union work almost into the 2000s. Uh, but as our clients started to ask for non-union voices, fight car voices, we have to go out and find them. We have to go out and meet non-union people. But with the advent of uh, technology, we were able to work with people all around the country. And so you saw New York, Chicago, and LA not become the hubs anymore. You start okay. to see people all over the place. So, yeah, yeah we work with union, non-union people. Yeah, you see a lot of different pockets of it now, like uh, Nevada, Silicon Valley. It's very specifically becoming a pocket for voiceover. Atlanta's been a pocket for voiceover for a while. And they're a pretty big like video production hub at this point, too. They have been for at least the last 10, 15 years. So you have to realize that the markets shift around, too. And now with the pandemic, you have kind of realized, depending on your job, you're not landlocked. And you can be in any state to do something. So it really just kind of depends on where you live and how it works out. But overall, yeah, union, non-union doesn't matter as long as you have a mic and we can record you. I think that's usually what our policy is. Yeah, new voices, celebrity voices, anything. Okay, that was my next question. Do you work with celebrity voices? Yes, we do. We Yeah, uh, yeah, we we do. It, you, you know, go ahead, Jim. You have more experience with this than I do. So. <laughs> uh, 
Yes, we do. Occasionally, uh, you know, brands will come to us and say they're looking for a celebrity voice. Uh, again, that's why we're looking at influencers and things like that. So, but it's a different sort of negotiation then. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. And like we had, you're, we you're have dealing with some... man, you're dealing with managers more than that, more than anything else. Yeah, we, we have done some, not so much recording celebrity, at least in my time, not so much recording celebrity spots, but recording celebrities in podcasts. Like when we had the studio in New York, we would see a lot of talent come to our studio uh, because we were doing a podcast at one point called In the Envelope. I think that's with Backstage. Yeah, yeah backstage. We, we were hosting okay. their first, like their first two seasons i think they recorded at our studio before jack ended up moving back to hawaii i think so there were a ton of people we had patrick stewart would come in we had john krasinski we had um gina rodriguez we had quite a few people come in and out of that studio and it was always so much fun i loved seeing them come in because they were always just the coolest people there was one that i really i missed it and i was so sad about it because i was hungry and i had to go get food to eat but it was aj rodriguez when the first season of pose came out i'm like oh my god i love her i need to go meet her and then i only saw her coming out of the hallway i wanted to cry i was ready to just be in tears and she's like oh man this girl just look at me weird she's probably clocking me and like no honey i love you please no. i need to be your friend please don't think i was mad at you i was just adoring you from a, yeah, from afar yeah, we, and i'm from new york i understand you want your peace i'll leave you we alone had, we had henry winkler and somebody else discussing their dogs well, what was that gina rodriguez that, yeah, we gina, had them on yeah, the same day too that was that, so we funny. have a picture of that too it was awesome <laughs> oh they were great. we have one they were funny so story. great yes. one funny story is i was because you know when you're on social media right um you and you follow this you know certain celebrities the same people and you, but i was i live in scottsdale arizona and i was at this little tiny i mean mexican restaurant and and it's like two blocks from our house anyway but i'm sitting there and i see this woman and i'm like i know her I'm like why do i i'm like why do i know her i'm like and i'm like now i've just made it weird i've stared at her like you or i've stared <laughs> at her for like 10 minutes and I'm like, I'm, I'm no one friends with her on social media. Like, I'm just very matter of fact, I know who this woman is and we are friends. We are not friends. I figured it out. It was Diana Gabaldon who wrote the Outlander series. I don't oh, know. Oh, so okay. I, all of a sudden, the light bulb goes off. I'm <laughs> freaking out. I'm trying to like, so, yeah. <laughs> to like take a bit. Anyway, so, but the same thing where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, and nobody here knows, obviously nobody knows who she is at all. Mm -hmm. She's just having dinner with her uh -huh. husband. So as they, you know, I kept telling the kids, I was, there's this, guy and a scottish guy in the in the tv show his name's jamie but i was like all right everyone i'm telling my husband I'm like if jamie shows up you guys are all out of here just <laughs> take the, go. Get, get in the minivan and go <laughs> no i'm totally but anyway so they were like go talk to her about no so as she was leaving i was like Thank you. but it was just funny how you get so involved too with a lot of these celebrities and different influencers and i yes i was convinced she was a friend of mine and i just <laughs> forgot where anyway that's enough of that. We have made it an hour. Wow, guys, I know we could keep going, but we respect your time and our listeners' time. So what we like to do before you leave is ask three for fun questions, kind of James mm -hmm. Lipton style. So, Dim, we'll start with you. What TV show series are you binge watching right now? Uh, one Day. Ah, I just saw about that. Okay. Really good. And that had the voice we're looking for. Oh, there you go. <laughs> what is your dream vacation? Uh, with my wife, <laughs> uh, maybe Bermuda. Oh, nice. 
nice. Okay. Nice. Um, what is your go-to shower singing song or car singing? If you do that. Yeah. There's a lot of those. Oh, yeah. Uh, songs go round and round. Uh, one song when I'm editing and I'm really deep in an edit, it's like the Levian rolls like da 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 da. I don't know why, but that one just rolls round around her head when I'm editing. So I was just singing that because I've covered that song. Good question. Um, okay. Now I'm excited for Sam. Sam, what <laughs> yes. show, TV show series are you binge watching right now? All right. I know some people are going to yell at me. I have just finished the first season of Has Been Hotel. If you have issues with Vivian Madronzo, just please look at the recent write-ups. It's not as bad as you think, I promise. Um, so uh, what's it called? I love that show, though. It Like, I saw the pilot when it originally came out. I think it was, like, what, 2017 when that pilot came out? I, I haven't believe. seen it, so I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's, like, it was it was great when it first came out. It was very funny. I mean, depending on your sense of humor, I'm that that type of sense of humor. It, it clicks with me because I'm an emo kid of the early 10s. So okay. let's put it that way. Um but oh man, the music production in that show was fantastic. I have I have been in a chokehold with one of their songs for like wow. at least the last two weeks. It is okay. really, really good. And it's like if you like Broadway, you're gonna love this show. Oh well, if this is not like a new standard for television, I don't know what is, genuinely. Okay. So it's like that's one of my favorite shows. Noted. Okay. Great <laughs> vacation. Oh God. You know, to be honest, it's like difficult to say that because it's like i have been to a few places but nothing crazy honestly my dream vacation is to just go to like a hotel that has a built-in spa that i don't have to pay anything for that's what i want i mean it doesn't matter where it is as long as i I have access to a spa and good food i don't care done love it i'll go okay uh what is your go-to shower singing song or when you're in the car uh, it would probably be anything that played during the EDM summer of 2016. So it's probably going to be Major Laser. That's my that's my go-to. Oh my <laughs> Lean God. On is like, I know that song inside out. I remember when they premiered it at Ultra that year. Like I was watching it from my friend's uh, apartment and they were live with the Ultra set that year. And when they premiered that song, I lost. I'm like, no, this song is going to define my life for the rest. This is going to define everything for the rest of my life. I need this song in my life forever. I love it. I love it. All right, AB, <laughs> take us home. All right. Thank you to everybody joining us live today. We just had a comment. Thank you so much for your time, Sam and Jim and the besties. Um, we're all besties now. So uh, if you're listening to our podcast after the fact, feel free to join us live on YouTube every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern. And meanwhile, be sure to connect with each of us on LinkedIn and join the Via Booth Besties Facebook group. If you miss a live episode, you can always catch the recording later. It's on our website. It's on podcasts. Um, You can find it at bootboothbesties.com. And we would love it if you would hop on any of these platforms and leave us a review. Um, Those reviews help us reach more listeners who are looking for great voiceover content. And don't forget to like and subscribe. And JT? Once again, make sure you are signed up for the VO Booth Besties newsletter so you know what's coming up in the week ahead. And next week, we are going to shift gears and talk to Cliff Zellman about automotive. Thank you for being here and have a great rest of your day. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of VO Booth Besties. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well, pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going. Video Video Booth Besties. Besties. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's a a thing. thing.